it's been way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by. Hey guys! Welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. This is Justin over here in LA. We've got Mike over in London. Hello, my friend. Yo. Yo. There's a, there's a certain movie that's coming out this week. Just just going to have come out when this app drops. And it just, it's it's looking so epic. Yeah. And we, we had to do an episode in its honor. That movie, of course, is the unbearable weight of massive talent. The Nick Cage centric film, which so far we're recording this a couple days before it comes out, has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes with 84 reviews. I mean, it's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. And we have not seen it yet because it is not out, but we are recommending everyone to see it because how can you not go see a movie that is essentially... Well, that is Nick Cage playing Nick Cage and just completely being in on the joke of how ridiculous Nick Cage is. What's even like what I love about this movie is it honestly could have come out in any decade from the (laughs) 80s because he's just been that like insane for his entire career. And, And we are honestly, we don't deserve it. Like he is there ever been someone like in recent times that's such a, you know, so bold as an actor that just fucking goes for it. I love the guy. No, I mean, there's, I, there isn't, I mean, he is a one of a kind. He, he truly right. is. And and there is a method to the madness, which I think is interesting, but also just watching a Nick Cage movie and let him just do his thing. It's just, it's, there's no, it's hard, it's hard to get better. Honestly, no. nothing really beats it. I legitimately, I cannot wait. Like, I'm I'm out of I'm out of town this weekend, but literally I I've said this a couple times to Mike recently. I've been so busy that I haven't been in the theater in like a month, which is criminal. But the first thing I do when I am in town next week is going to the movie theater to see this movie. It's just it has it's it. it's it has to be done. Yeah. So, anyways, with that all said, our topic for this episode is the only topic it could ever be: top five Nicolas Cage movies. I mean, this is this is a big one. This is a big one. There's a lot of movies to choose from. There, there really are. I wish, honestly, I could have like watched all his movies again. You know, Same. like if we had a month to prepare for this. Same. Um, because there's there's so many different great types of Nick Cage movies. There's so many. There's so many different types. There's so many different performances. It's like you don't even know really where to start. And I honestly. Uh, I just had to go with my heart, but the man is all over the place in, in the best of ways. And I think the only way we can, only the way we can honor him is by just jumping into it. Just like he would want though. Shall I start us off? Please do. We'll talk about jumping into it because honestly, the, the, the best part about this movie and the reason why it's on my list is the very, very beginning of the film. I'm talking 1997's Face Off. 
I have it higher, my friend. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. All right. All right. I mean, there was always a risk. There There's was just, always a risk. That's that that movie would it would it would be a crossover. We know this. We know this. Should I slot something else in since it's number five? Sure. I mean, I'm unprepared, but we can we can do it because I let's don't, get I don't, crazy. I don't think that. All right, I want to say it's like 87. Let me pull the year really quick. Wow. Okay. Wow, it is 87. I don't think that Moonstruck will be on your list. It's not. Okay. I love Moonstruck. I think I've talked about it before. It's the only reason why I had a. I had like seven or eight that really were tough to to choose from, but Moonstruck, Nicolas Cage and Cher. This is, I mean, Nicolas Cage kind of has like low key. He has some really great rom coms, and this to me is definitely up there. Cher is unbelievable. I wish Cher had a bigger acting career because she's legitimately a G. But this, I mean, this movie, Nicolas Cage, I lost my hand, I lost my bride, just uh, openly evoking uh, Metropolis by Fritz Lang. I mean, that's the type of stuff that Nick Cage does. And this is just incredible. I love 80s Nick Cage. We'll talk about him more later. Um, As a partial half slot in fake number five, I'm happy to put Moonstruck on my list. Amazing. Yes, I still need to see Moonstruck. It's criminal that I haven't seen it. And hopefully for any of you out there that haven't, this will convince you to put it on. Yeah. Like it hopefully will convince me to finally put it on. You it's you're gonna love it, honestly. Amazing. Well, for my number five, going back, another classic. I don't know, you might have it on your list. I don't know. Nineteen ninety seven's Con Air. Uh nope, left it off. Left it off. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. So Obviously, Nick Cage had quite the run of of action films in the 90s, and I just love this one. It's very rewatchable. It's got a massive cast. Um, Nick Cage, John Cusack, John Malkovich, Steve Buscemi, Ving Rhames, your boy, Mike, McKelty Williamson. Oh, yeah. True, 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 true. Yeah. And yeah, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, directed by Simon West. It's just a classic 90s action movie. Also, I'm forgetting people. How am I forgetting to mention Chappelle and Danny Trejo? Yeah, incredible. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty much about a prison break aboard a plane. I, I mean, talk about high concept. I mean, that's, I, the, that's the film. I come mean, on. Good Lord. <laughs> what else do we need? And it's and it's like you said, it, this is like the most rewatchable film ever. Like if you're it's ever so flipping through the channels and you see Con Air, I know for a fact you're not watching anything else. No, immediately you're just going to be sitting there for the next two hours and you're going to be happy about it. And people, you know, people knock the the accent work of Nicolas Cage in this movie, which is maybe fair. But I think they're reading way too much into, into it. Like, I don't think. You know, in Nicolas Cage's mind, I don't think his character, Cameron Poe, is a real person. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's on a new level. Like a legend type character. Wow. Okay. Conair. It's number five. Also 97. That's incredible. What a year. All right. Well, even though I am going to be sticking with a lot of the earlier classics of Nick Cage, there is a film... That's very recent that I wanted to talk about. And we barely hinted on it in a recent episode. I had to bite my tongue because I wanted to go into it here. That is 2021's 
Pig at number four. I've got it higher, my friend. Fuck. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm glad I at least did a fake number five or else I would never get any picks. Exactly. I know. I know. I didn't know you were such a fan. I, you know, we're okay. going to see right. how much of a okay. fan. All right. Okay. All right. Who, who knows? Maybe I'll have my number four. We're about to find out. Mm, that's true. All right. Number four is Face Off. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, so, I mean... We can both talk about this. I mean, it's such an outrageous movie on every level. The concept is completely ridiculous, especially at the time when this came out in 97. You know, Nick Cage plays terrorist Caster Troy. John Travolta plays FBI agent Sean Archer. And Travolta goes under surgery to remove his face and replace it with Nick Cage's so that he can like infiltrate like the terror, like the terrorists. And then Nick Cage, who's still alive, decides to do the opposite and get Travolta's face on him. So as you're watching Nick Cage in the movie for most of it, he's actually the good guy. And as you're watching Travolta, in most of it, he's the bad guy, even though technically it's swapped. Yeah, and it's yeah. just so outrageous. It's silly. Yeah, it's good action. It's it's the type of movie Mike and I both fucking love. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, Face Off is not my fifth favorite movie with Nick Cage in it, but his performance when he can be caster. In the beginning, where he's the priest, going absolutely wild, grabs the ass, full like expressionistic film, is just easily one of my top five favorite Nick Cage moments of any film. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, it's so good, it's so good. Also, I did not know this until Today Town, but apparently this is rumored, so definitely true, that Face Off inspired Infernal Affairs, which of course then was remade as The Departed. You're kidding because it's the same idea, right? But more, True. more more realistic, like without cutting someone's face off. Wow. Did not know that. Me either. Um, yeah. I mean, face off. Yeah. I, what can you say? What can, what you, can say? you say? John Woo. What a ledge. Um, Unreal. Okay. All right. Number three. Going to try and sneak this one in. I don't, <laughs> I'm a little bit concerned now. I did not expect this at all. So oh number three, <laughs> I'm going to 87. Okay. You're sneaking it in. I don't have okay. it. Beautiful, beautiful. I am going to Raising Arizona. Ah, great, great movie. This is, I don't know, man. Gun to my head, honestly, this might be like the funniest Coen Brothers film. And and Cage is just, he's unreal. I think he's hes said that his character, he's imagined as Woody Woodpecker, which is a thing that Nicolas Cage would say. He even has the tattoo in the movie. But this is, um, it just has incredible set pieces and nonstop laughs and so many like quirky characters. So, you know, Nick Cage's wife is Holly Hunter, who's amazing in it. But then there's like two brothers played by William Forsyth and John Goodman. Sam McMurray has a great character. Tiny role for Francis McDormand, who's just obviously amazing. But, and it's, it's hard to, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain it. Like it's, it's about, I mean, if you don't know somehow it's about, uh, you know, Nick Cage and his wife, Holly Hunter, kidnap a baby, essentially. But 
it gets so funny, but it's like it's very specific. Not not in terms of like the audience that will enjoy it, but like the situations and characters are so particularly developed that it's hard to really explain why it's hilarious. But it's it's I, I absolutely love it. God, I feel like I've been talking about the Coen Brothers a lot on the pod lately. I don't consider myself like a Coen Brothers stan, but they have a lot of great fucking films. I think I think you're a mega fan now. I think I am. I mean, Nicolas Cage's hair in this movie, it's just, oh, God, I love the man. Great, great, great choice. Truly, like, especially of his earlier roles, like, one of his best. And I mean, and just one of his best roles. Like, he absolutely yeah. kills it. Like, so it's, good. It's one of his closest to where, like, you know, on some level an actor's job is to like get you to forget who they are. Right. And become a character. Nick Cage can almost never do that because he's <laughs> such a massive person. True. This is kind of close. This is True. pretty close. And if that's maybe one other dimension to it, but yeah, just super, super funny. Um, a really, really interesting role for, for Cage. And of course crushes it. Yep. He absolutely does. Fantastic choice. Fantastic choice. Okay. Number three, this one is a is a personal favorite right here and a role that I think is a bit underrated for for Cage, but I think he's so good in it. And that is 2010's Kick-Ass. Oh, okay, Interesting. Yep. So I feel like sometimes this gets forgotten, but Nick Cage has a pretty damn big role in Kick-Ass. True. Yeah. He plays Big Daddy, who, of course is hit girl's father but so like i just think this movie's brilliant it's based on you know com the comic book kick-ass but like i remember when this came out we hadn't been completely beaten over the head with superhero movies yet and this was just like a completely different take like r-rated like hard r-rated like really funny um really violent and just like so well done. And Nick Cage just plays this sort of like almost like Batman like character. And it's just fucking hysterical. And he's just so good at the role swapping between being in the, you know, in the mask and the cape into being, you know, this this little girl's played by Chloe Grace Moretz dad. I just think he's so good in this. And the movie is if you've never seen this movie, don't even necessarily think about I mean, it is like technically a superhero movie, but it's just a fucking badass, hilarious movie that you absolutely should see. Very original. OK, yeah, I um, you know, this is a bit of a surprise. I, I saw this when it came out. I absolutely enjoyed it, but I haven't seen it since. I don't remember loving it, but like I, I, I definitely, definitely. What was this? 2010? Yes. Yeah, I definitely deserve it. Deserves a rewatch from me. Yeah, surprise for me. Very big surprise for me from your list. I wasn't expecting Kick Ass to come up. Dude, I love Kick Ass. Okay. All right. We've already talked about Face Off. We've already talked about Con Air. There's a bit of a, you know, an unholy trinity of Nick Cage wow. action movies from the mid 90s. Wow. My favorite of the three is The Rock. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Amazing. Okay, so The Rock's not on your list, right? It's, it's not, not on my list. I actually rewatched okay. it, though, this past week and had a blast. I, you know, I, I don't want to say that I was, like, down on it, 
by any stretch, but when Doctor actually put it on his list way back when in our over-the-top action movies, I, yep. I rewatched it sometime around then, and I had just forgotten how fucking great it is. I mean, it's Sean great. Connery and Nicolas Cage are both just on fire, and Ed Harris as the bad guy is great as well, and they're all... You know, there's room for all of them to be big. You know what I mean? And and I think Michael Bay does a great job managing their personalities and giving them all moments. There's mm-hmm. a million like smaller roles for interesting actors in there as well. I mean, the plot is insane. You know, they're what they're stealing chemical weapons and they're gonna hold the government ransom. And the whole thing is like most of it's even filmed on Alcatraz. It all takes place on Alcatraz. But I mean, there's a car chase. There's mine carts. There's there's shootouts. There's so many like. You know, obviously, winners go home and fuck the prom queen is just one of the greatest lines <laughs> oh of all God, of oh film. God, oh but Cage is firing off lines too, where he's like, "I love pressure. I eat it for breakfast." Like, yeah. There's so many fucking. I mean, this is this is Bay at his best, um, and it's it's impossible not to love this movie. Honestly, dude, I it was so hard to like leave this off because, it, it, like you said, it really is like this little trifecta of Cage action movies in the middle of the '90s. It's a toss up for me. I like all three of them almost equally, but it it just missed the list for me for whatever reason. But everything you just said, I mean, so many fucking classic lines and just a great action movie. Like you can't have a bad time with this one. Nope, you absolutely cannot. Fantastic. Number two. Wow. And what is your number two? My number two is a chance it could be your number one, but it's just to me undeniably one of his best roles his best movies just a phenomenal just film all around and that is 2002's adaptation it is not on my list then i will talk about it directed by spike jones written by charlie kaufman based on the orchid thief book by susan orland it's it's nick cage meryl streep chris cooper Tilda Swinton, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Ron Livingston, Kara Seymour, Brian Cox. But anywho, this movie's crazy. I don't want to stumble over myself trying to explain it, even having just rewatched it like today. Charlie Kaufman will do that to you. Yes, he will. So essentially, Nick Cage plays Charlie Kaufman. And Charlie Kaufman is hired to write the screenplay adaptation of... This book, The Orchid Thief, he's this whole, you know, he's got anxiety, depression, he's, you know, low self-esteem. And so anyway, he has a twin brother, which this part is is fake just for the movie. But he has a twin brother, Donald, who's moved into his house. He wants to become a screenwriter like Charlie. There's all these little just pieces of Charlie's life that you essentially learn about. But it's all about him trying to overcome writer's block and be able to write this screenplay. And it's just such an interesting movie. It's very like meta in its ways. And with this all said, I think personally, I'm a big fan of Spike Jones. If you listened recently to our movies of the 2010s episode, you obviously know I'm a very big fan of her. I also just think he's a baller for being such good friends with the jackass guys and being in all the jackass movies. And this movie's awesome, in my opinion, and just really hits me in my feels in, in one sense. And 
it's also funny at points, but yeah, it makes you think about life a bit. And there's some interesting, some interesting stuff in here. So I just, I don't know. It really, it's one of those movies that makes me think after, and I love those movies. And so it's got to be on the list. I think it's really crazy because again, Cage plays two roles. He plays Charlie Kaufman and he plays his brother, Donald. And I just think that there's just so much Cage in this. It's like, he actually does a really good job at acting. There's one or two like sort of cage freak out moments. Um, there's him literally playing two different characters. There's him as the brother Donald pretending to be Charlie. And it's like, there's just so many interesting dynamics that come out of this film. And I think cage is awesome in it. You know, we say it every now and then, but when you're doing the pod, you want to get to everything. And there's always like those films that it's like, oh, if there was 25 hours in a day, I would have been able to get to this one. I couldn't, I needed to rewatch this if I was going to put it on my list. And I just, it was the first one that I couldn't get to. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you did it, but I, I really do owe it a rewatch. Hey, we understand. And it's, you know, he was, he was nominated uh, for that film, but he, uh, he did win one Oscar and he did that in my number one film. Wow. 1995's Leaving Las Vegas. Wow. Are you a Leaving Las Vegas fan? Dude, I crazily have not seen. Oh, okay. All right. Which that is that is one of mine, whereas you said there was a short list. Yeah. That's on my short list of ones that I needed to see, and just sometimes time doesn't allow. Yeah, understood. Uh, okay, well, I'm glad I know that. I won't give anything away. I mean... Wow, this is a film. Uh, it's so it's directed and written by Mike Figgis, but it's based on a uh, novel by this guy John O'Brien. Two weeks after this, the author John O'Brien sold the rights to the film, he he killed himself. Wow! And that is the place of the person that Nicolas Cage is playing in this movie. Someone that's that depressed, uh, suicidal, alcoholic. Um, and he is drunk the entire movie. And it's not like he's a little bit drunk. Like he's way over the line. And it's not like he's, it's not about him like getting sober. Like he's just going to be that way. Matter of fact, the entire film. Um, and basically he moves to Vegas, sells all of his possessions, stocks up on liquor, and just plans to drink himself to death. And that's like his goal in the movie. And he comes across Elizabeth Shue. And she is a kind of a higher end prostitute. And they form like this very kind of strange romance um, that you you don't exactly expect and you haven't really seen um, in any other movie. They're both awesome in it. And it just leads to this like, you know, this weird, not weird, but like just just a uh, oddly sort of deep film um where it's like you know the whole thing is heartbreaking but it's they have the real romance and it's like very humanist and and they're never like i said they're never going to be it's never going to be anything else it's not like she's not going to be a prostitute and he's not going to be a drunk they're just going to like let that ride as long as they can in this kind of romantic tragedy and it's it's all shot on 16 and kind of small hotel rooms and stuff like that and it's just a really, really interesting film. Like when you, Tom, when you see this the first time, like you're you're gonna have to watch it again, like soon after. It's really hard to digest because there's just so much happening in such a small story. Dude, I'm 
again, like truly might be the top, like the top of list of cage movies I haven't seen that I've wanted to see. So I'm so pumped to see it. Well, I was about to say something, but then I just realized we already know you're number one. This is just hitting me now that yes. you you got me before. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, leaving Las Vegas, you must see it. I and now I just can't wait to talk about your number one. Go. Wow. One of the most recent 2021's pig. Wow. Number one pig. Can't believe number it. Number one. I love this movie. Even I I'd go as far as to say it was my second favorite film of 2021. What was your favorite film? My favorite was Coda, which I thought rightfully oh, yeah, right. won Best yeah. Picture. Yeah. But I loved Pig. And I think that it takes everything that's so great about Nick Cage and throws it into a, into a current day role. And, and maybe I'll say the same thing about the new film that just came out, especially with how self-aware it is. But Pig, small movie, Nick Cage plays a recluse that used to be this famous Portland based chef. Now he's a, now he's a, a truffle hunter and his pig that, you know, searches for the truffle. She's kidnapped and Nick Cage goes on a mission to get her back. And dude, this movie, Mike, just like, I mean, it's unbelievable how it's, it's touching. It's ridiculous. It's kind of, you know, it's like a mystery. It's comedic. It just, it it has so many different genres blended into like sort of this indie film, so to say. And I feel like Cage is unreal at just like actually doing a really good acting job, but also being complete ridiculous Nick Cage in it. Yeah, I mean, and he's I think he said recently that he feels like he's he's done sort of his best work in the last 10 years as a whole, um, where he's just been taking on so many roles. But this is, well, we were talking about it in a 2010 episode. This is not John Wick with a pig. But when you start watching it, you're not really sure where it's going, right? I think it takes a while to really, because he's so like, Nick Cage makes you believe that anything could happen in this film, you know? like, mm -hmm. And he may go berserk. And he does do some things, but like, if you haven't seen this, fast forward 30 seconds, but like town at the end of the movie, when he makes the meal, oh, I mean, that just, whoa, that just brings the entire thing home and Dude. it just, it just ends everybody. I mean, that'll just kill you. Just oh my melts God. You. Oh my God. It's too much. It's one of his most interesting roles. It like really is. he brings so much power in different ways, you know, and it ends up just being about love and loss and like it's just it's yeah i admit that i'm like sort of on the not on the fence but like unsure for like the first hour of the film but then once it becomes clear like sort of where it's going it's just boy it, it lands with a huge bunch yep i like think it's criminal that he wasn't nommed for best actor at the oscars i'm not trying to say he needed to win but but he deserved a nom in my personal opinion yeah i agree yeah wow pick it's it's so good. If you've if you're wondering if Nick Cage still has it, he absolutely does because he really is. You know, he's he every decade he's had amazing work, but he's still going and he's putting out some of his best stuff today between Pig and now, you know, this new film, which has unbelievable reviews, the unbearable way to massive talent. So check out all eras of Nick Cage. That's what we're saying. 
I mean, he's just he's just fearless. I mean, it makes you honestly watching Nick Cage, especially today, makes you feel like he just doesn't have an agent because he just <laughs> does everything and he does it yes. his way. Yes. And it's just delightful. He's he's one of a kind human. There's so many ridiculous stories about him. And like also, of course, all the freakouts in the movies. It's like if you've never watched the YouTube montage, which I don't know if it's even still up, but the famous one that went around forever of all the Nick Cage freakouts put into one like eight minute or whatever YouTube video. It's just it's legendary. It's it's unreal. Uh, yeah. I mean, I. All right. Let's let's recap so that we can talk about some more films because I definitely okay. want to hit every decade. For yes. Sure. All right. Uh, my number five is Face Off, but secretly Moonstruck. Uh, my number four was Pig. Number three, Raising Arizona. Number two, The Rock. And number one, Leaving Las Vegas. Mine was number five, Con Air. Number four, Face Off. Number three, Kick-Ass. Number two, Adaptation. And number one, Pig. Okay. I think if I had to pick, uh, you know, the 2000s Nick Cage work, Again, we're saying there's there's great stuff there, yep. and he's still putting out great stuff. But if I had to pick, maybe that's my least favorite decade. But you know, I love National Treasure. I fucking I, I fucking love National Treasure. I know Treasure. you do. I, oh my I really God. do. That's got to be my first honorable. And it's so funny because I never was super into it when I was younger. But like now, like I don't know why either. I think I was just being a curmudgeon, but. Now that I'm older and I've like rewatched it, I'm like, okay, this is a fun movie. This is a fun movie. How could I not? How could I not enjoy Nick Cage doing this? Do you enjoy? It's just just the cusp of that decade. Do you enjoy his Gone in sixty seconds? I do. God, what? Where you throw out a couple? You throw out a couple. Okay, I really. I don't even know if I'm saying that. Like, I love love this movie, but anything Lynch is interesting to me. So I gotta mm. I gotta shout out Wild at Heart. Okay, yeah, totally, um, totally. You know what movie I really like, Mike, that I feel like not a lot of people are too into? Eight Millimeter. Okay, yeah. Eight Millimeter. Yep. Dark. Love it. Dark movie. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But I, I like Eight Millimeter. Gotta give a shout out for his cameo in Grindhouse in Werewolf Women of the SS. Oh, right. Yeah, true. And I'm trying to think if I have any other. You know what's a movie I think's a little underrated? Matchstick Men. Matchstick Men. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Where, where do you stand on Lord of War? I like it. I like it too. Kind of forgotten a bit. I think yeah. it was relatively big when it came out and then it had, you know, a couple of years, I think, where it was getting some play in the rental market, but I haven't heard anybody talk about it in like a decade. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. And I feel like it was kind of, like you said, like kind of big, like almost like kind of critically acclaimed back then. And it's kind of like, I don't know why I related to this movie, but it makes me think of Man on Fire. I don't know why. Mm, okay. But like Lord of War, Man of Fire, Man on Fire, whatever. But it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, yeah, a bit of a forgotten movie. Another movie that I actually had never seen until this past year because Alex is a fan of it. Please tell me it's Valley Girl. It's not, but I really want to see Valley Girl that I had never even really thought of as like a Nick Cage movie. Really solid, I got to say, is World Trade Center. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that. Dude, really solid Nick Cage performance. It's um, it's it's there's not that many people in the movie. It's Nick Cage and Michael Pena, essentially. Oh, yeah. It's dude. It's really solid and directed by Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Maria Bella, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Okay. All right. 
I was Alex kept being like because she loves, as we know from the our episode with her movies based on a true story. True. And she was like, we got like, you've never seen this. And I was like, no. And again, I'm not saying it's like the best movie ever, but it's a really solid watch. Really solid watch. OK. Yeah. Valley Girl Sensational. You should definitely see that. Uh, Rumble Fish, though, I wouldn't necessarily call it a Nick Cage movie per se. There's a lot going on in there. I think Bringing Out the Dead is pretty interesting. Scorsese movie. I don't remember if we actually talked about that in our Scorsese episode. And I think, uh, oh, I should mention Mandy. I've talked about it before, but I love that movie. Um, as another recent performance where he absolutely crushes it. Um, and the one that was really like, I debated my number five between Face Off and Vampire's Kiss because they're oh my god they're they're very similar performances like in how crazy he's going and mm-hmm. I just sort of had to pick one um but yeah I mean the only reason I went with Face Off is because Vampire's Kiss is is it possible that it's too much like it's almost distracting it's it going be so fucking hard you know I like the film quite a bit but it's uh yeah so, dude, you know what? Actually, I'm, I want to ask if you've seen any of these because I've actually heard good things about all of them. And again, just time and you don't see everything you want to. But there's three movies that I've heard interesting things about that I want to see that are all this past decade, Nick Cage. And that's Mandy, Color Out of Space, and Mom and Dad. Have you seen any of those? I've seen all three. Okay, so so Mandy's incredible. Okay, that's the one that I want to see the most. So that's Mandy. So it's really funny because like Pig for like the first 20 minutes feels like it could be Mandy and then it just doesn't, you know, but it becomes like Mandy becomes the crazy like cosmic psycho revenge thriller Mm -hmm. that you're not sure if Pig is going to become. And it's it's amazing. And it's like. The when I brought it up, I brought it up on uh, perfect ca- casting because like it's a movie where Nick Cage had input with the director and he does crazy shit and it's like fuck yeah, you know. Um, Color Out of Space is uh, to be fair, I like I like both these films. The next two that I'll say, Color Out of Space, um, absolutely enjoy it. I think that you will like it because don't quote me on this, but like. Whether Annihilation admits to being based off of the same source material as Color Out of Space, I'm not sure. But Color Out of Space is sort of an adaptation of a story that's very similar to Annihilation, which is a film that you like, right? I do. Color Out of Space, I think, is the name of the Lovecraft story. Anyway, so I think you should definitely see it, and I think you may enjoy it even more than I did. Mom and Dad is its probably my least favorite of the three. I, I don't know. There's something about it that just doesn't quite work. And I like Selma Blair quite a bit. I don't know. There's some parts that are really great. There's some parts that I don't really enjoy. And I'm just not sure if it all really comes together. You know, and there's times that I love Cage in it. There's times that I don't. So I don't know. You'll have to watch it and tell me what you think. Okay. I definitely will watch them all. And I'll say that one that I want to throw out there, which is, of course, not a live action but I love the movie Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which is, yeah, of course I have to watch that as well. I have to watch that as well. Oh dude. Fantastic. You're going to, you're going to very much like that movie. And the, you know, the, the ones I think the only thing that we haven't talked about 
that was like, I must see this movie is Red Rock West. I've always wanted to, and I oh, couldn't I've get to it. I've never seen that. So I'd love to at some point and maybe report back. Okay. Reporting back needs to happen. Did we do it? I, th- I think we did it. I mean, I think, look, I think the message is clear. The man has massive talent. It's a legend. He, he, he throws it around as much as anybody, you know, he, and he's just, I love him. I love him. Oh, I love him so much. Nick, if you ever hear this, you're a goddamn legend, but you don't need us to tell you that. You yeah, already know. Keep killing it. You're that's, very that's well aware. We yeah. And everyone, go see the new movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. It's out now. It's supposed to be amazing. And yeah, guys, that's it for this week. We'll have another episode next week. And as usual, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Top fives and deep dives with Tyler PTM. 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 My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese, followed by Quentin Tarantonius. I love him so much.